Later, we'll now share for 20 to 25 minutes describing what it was like, what happened, and what it is like now. And our leader for tonight is Judy. Hi there. Um, I'm Judy. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm in from Sacramento, so I'm not too far from you guys. Our lunch meeting today, we had a speaker from England, and I just, I love the fact that Zoom lets us do that. Um, to qualify, I mean, we've tried to qualify at our meetings here. Um, I've been in the program for a ridiculously long period of time. I've been here since 1996. And uh, it took me a while and I'm down a hundred pounds, probably a little bit more. Um, I don't weigh very much. I mean, I don't weigh very often. Um, and um, it's interesting. It's, it's been a journey and it's been an amazing thing. Um, so from my childhood, I was the oldest of five and that has its own, um, it has its own control issues. Don't know if anybody identifies with those, but um, the uh, sweets in my family equals love. And um, I just remember the only, the times I felt closest to my mother, for example, were when we were baking something sweet, you know, and usually when you come home from school, you would have a snack and sweets were just a big thing. And um, I don't do that anymore. And um, it took family a long time to realize that I wasn't doing that anymore when I would go back to visit. Um, anyway, so my parents, um, I didn't have any, you know, trauma, traumatic childhood. I was lucky in that way. Parents were not perfect. Um, we're dealing with some fallout from that now. Um, both of them are gone. But um, went to college, uh, went overseas after college. Um, I went to Vietnam with the Red Cross and that was a time I grew up quite a bit. I look at pictures of myself in my sweet little Red Cross uniform and, um, and I was thinking how fat I was and I wasn't. I was, I was a nice normal weight, I was fairly active. But you know, what's what our minds do us do to us. Um, when I was young, my mom said, "Oh, you're not fat. You're pleasingly plump." Well, I didn't really think that that was all that much fun to be called pleasingly plump. Anyway, I come back from there, ended up getting married, and moved to the what move and came across country. Landed in Sacramento when we ran out of money, and. Um, Within a year, I was in law school because I was kind of casting about as to what to do with my life. Um, get out of law school. And see, so you see these kinds of firstborn kind of stuff, law school kind of stuff that's, that's all about having rules and knowing and the control things were always there. Um, I worked in the Capitol for a while and that was kind of energizing and interesting and um, you know, dealt with a lot of different things, um, different issues, uh, mostly the legal issues, of course. Um, and then I went on to a career with the state um, in one of the larger departments of the state. Anyway, um, I've always been involved in different things and I was, um, I was active in my professional associations, um, you know, rose to um, president, chair, whatever of the various associations I was with. And I started a couple other groups that are still going. And so it did all this stuff. I had a lot of great friends. Um, you know, life was really rich, but I couldn't control my weight. And I thought I should be able to control my weight. 
is after all, wasn't it just a matter of willpower? And what I found was that um, I had tried a therapist. I tried all kinds of different things. I just, was, just wasn't getting anywhere. Um, of course, I live very close to the best bakery in town and the best donut shop in town. And, and I, you know, I've been here for quite a while. And, um, and it's just, I couldn't stay away from those places. It was just really a compulsion. And that was not very good. I would co go home from work and um, on the way home, I would stop at the store and I would have, I'd have all these plans for a healthy meal. And I would grab a bag of something that was all sweet and never got around to the healthy stuff. Cause after all, I was full, I'd eaten the whole bag and I could certainly do that. Um, so it's just, so I did, the, I, the therapist suggested that I go to an Overeaters Anonymous meeting and I'm really grateful that she did that. But the first, you know, so I called, we had an answer phone back in the day. And I, the first meeting I went to was, uh, it turns out, I find out later, it was anorexics and bulimics. And I walk into a room with um, all these, what I consider to be beautiful, thin women, and that's what I wanted. But yet I couldn't identify with them. And I know today that their issue is as serious as mine. And I didn't, I just didn't know, I couldn't, I couldn't place myself in their shoes. And um, so that was unfortunate. A couple, it took me a few more years. And I went to one year, I actually went to a fat farm on the East coast. And um, I did uh, several weeks there and I learned a lot. I learned about nutrition. I learned about exercise and I do those kinds of things to this day. But um, I came around the holidays and I just, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't work through it. And so, um, so I started binging and again on all the sweets that were available around the holidays. And um, so there was, there was that, I just couldn't hold it together. And so I guess perhaps it's what I needed to, what, that's where I needed to be or the condition I needed to be in in order to come to a meeting in February of 1996. Um, and at that point, um, I was on my way to 300 pounds. I hadn't gotten there yet when I came. And um, so I went to a Tuesday noon meeting and we still one of my, that's still one of my regular meetings. I have two, what I call two home meetings, both of which are very, very strong. And, um, and there was a woman speaking and there were people in this room that were probably anorexic and bulimic, but there were also people who were like me who were overweight and couldn't stop eating. And, um, but the woman in the room to me, who was the speaker at the, it's a speaker meeting and um, was very inspirational. And she was a woman with no hands and no, no legs. And, but yet she knew she was a compulsive reader and she had started having a fairly exciting life, you know, after she'd been in 12 steps for a while. And that was just um, mind boggling to me. And so I was very inspired. I was, gave me hope if she, if she could do it, then I could. And that was really a beautiful thing. So, so this was February of 96. And so this is Judy. And so Judy doesn't think she needs a sponsor because, you know, she's smart. She can do this kind of stuff. And guess what? I wasn't getting anywhere. Um, and, you know, reading the literature and going to meetings. So nothing was happening. So in May, I finally got a sponsor and my abstinence 
dates from May 25th, 1996. Um, I did what I could at that time. My food plan was pretty loose. Um, of course, I had heard, oh, well, you should, you know, you should, should, should. I don't like people shooting on me. Um, you know, should stop flour and sugar. And um, I knew that it wasn't required. And I thought, well, I don't, I don't need to do that. Um, so I didn't do that. Um, but my weight still started coming off. I don't know how, but it did. It was started coming off very slowly. And then ultimately, I stopped eating dessert foods or what I now kind of refer to as recreational sugar. Um, the food road ended up narrowing. And um, at one point, probably now six or eight years ago, I decided to uh, see if I could do without uh, wheat uh, for a day. And um, I, I did it. It wasn't convenient, thank you very much, but I did it. And, um, and so it was interesting. Um, so I did it for a second day. And as it turns out, um, over the years, um, I have given up the recreational sugar. I have given up wheat. Um, I have other grains, that kind of stuff. So, um, but it's just, it's interesting. Um, my weight has gone down slowly, slowly. But then I started looking at the ramifications of my disease. And um, I've had two knee replacements. Um, I was with a carrying extra hundred pounds um, that's what you're putting your body through and it's not real healthy. I remember it as an aside, I remember at one point when I was doing one of the pay-in ways, I thought it would inspire me if I would get those, I think it was six pound cans of Crisco. And so every time I'd lose six pounds, I'd take a can of Crisco and put it up on the shelf. And so I had all these cans of Crisco because I had good vision of myself taking that lardish kind of stuff and smearing it all over my body or taking it off of my body and having it in the cans. But um, so, so I, my weight was going down, but um, the knee replacements um, happened in, they're now, my knees are now 17 years old. So yeah, 17 years old. Um, and they're working just fine, thank you. And, and my, my surgeon was more excited about my weight loss than he was about his, his work. But, um, but then in the last few years, I've developed some gut issues and that's probably has something to do with what I was eating and, um, and how I was eating. And, and, you know, and just slowly I've come through all the different aspects of my program. And, um, and it's just, what I'm finding is if I let go and it's, it's what I call the LGLG, if I let go and let God. And I was brought up in a, kind of a warm, fuzzy Christian kind of thing. Thing It's called a church, Judy. Um, and, and it was, you know, I've always believed that there was a God, but then my parents had been, um, had moved further to the more rigid, rigid um, religion in when they made a move into uh, rural Virginia. And, um, and that just, to me, it was more punitive and judgmental and all those things that I, I didn't see. And so I started thinking about the, um, the higher power thing. And it's like slowly come over time and realizing that I really could let go and let my higher power um, do things and not try to control everything. 
And it was interesting because I thought I should be able to be a boss at work. And I wasn't, didn't become a boss until after I'd been in program about five years. Yeah, about five years. And, and what I found is that it worked out better if I wasn't trying to tell everybody how they had to do every little thing that they did that, you know, that doesn't work. But, but a lot of times I would be in a meeting with some staff and um, we would just talk about an issue and all of a sudden something would present itself. And it's like, where the hell did that come from? I didn't, you know, it didn't come out of my mouth. It came out of my mouth, but who knows where I got it from. And so, um, and I also learned that people have to go through their own issues and they have to go through their own, um, up here we call them AFKIs, you know, their flipping growing experience. And you have to go through your hard stuff in order to learn stuff and in order to step out there. And I kind of wish everybody had that kind of, um, had that kind of a background, those tools in their lives. Um, for me these days, acceptance is a big deal. Um, acceptance of myself just as I am. Um, I don't have to be president for people to love me of any organization. Uh, family issues. Um, that's where it's pretty tender right now. And I've got to finish something to a family member who, you know, who doesn't do things the way I would do them. And, you know, he's, he's dwelling in all the things that have been done wrong rather than in the positivity. And it's, it's the, the magical magnifying glasses. And if you look at the positive, you see positive, you look at the negative, you see negative. Well, my family grew up looking at everything the negative way. And that's not, um, that's not the way I, I do. So it's, that's hard. Um, one of the things somebody said recently made a lot of sense to me is I can't complain about not having recovery if I'm not willing to work for it. Ooh, yeah. And there are times when it's like, oh no, this is, this is too much. I mean, it's like when I first started sponsoring. Oh, I don't have time, I'm too busy. But what I have found is when I make time for program, when I make time for service, when I make time for sponsorship or reading or writing or all those kinds of things, my day seems to go easier uh, than it does. It's getting busier these days, but that's what it is. Um, I use tools. I, I, do my, I do two to four meetings a week, uh, writing. Every morning I, do, I, I write for a while. I read for a while. I do my 10th and 11th step in the morning. I read literature, I do meditation, um, I sponsor, I have a plan of eating, I do an action plan. Um, it's 15. Thank you. Um, and I do a lot of service. Right now I'm doing service at the world service level. Um, and it's really important to me to be able to do that um, because it keeps me, it keeps me grounded in the stuff. And there's a few things that you know, about my program that I've been thinking about a lot lately. One of the things that I always come back to is Appendix 3 in the Overeaters Anonymous book, where they talk about the difference, difference between submission and surrender, with submission being uh, a superficial yielding, whereas surrender is an unconscious event and just really letting it go. And um, and that to me is one of the most pro profound things that we have um, is to have stuff that talks to us and really challenges us in these different ways. Um, my Saturday morning meeting is a step in tradition study meeting. And a couple of weeks ago, we went through the 12th step 
and I love the um, the 12 and 12. And um, I love the part of the 12th step that goes through the principles associated with each step. And it really has a lot to do with how I live my life these days. Um, this week, my favorites are, I was looking at that the other day, hold on, getting a little dry. And my favorite steps these days, I mean, it changes. Um, step three, we admit, oh no, step one, honesty, um, personal powerlessness. Um, you know, that goes against how I was brought up to think I should have control over everything. Um, but even before OA, I, I realized that it was, wasn't always the best way forward. So I've been trying to let my HP lead the way. But in reality, there, you know, my default is sometimes to return back to control. And I have to keep, be very conscious of that. Um, step three, um, faith. Now, this is the trusting HP with my will in my life. One of my favorite quotes in the last couple of years has been, faith is not jumping from point A to point B. Faith is jumping from point A. And it says a lot to me because, you know, I've always wanted to know where I'm going to end up if I try to do something I've never done before. And there's a certain joy in knowing that I can jump off. And whatever it is, it'll be okay. And even if it doesn't come out the way I think it should, I will learn something from that. And there's, there's just a beauty in the things that we can learn from that. So that was always been my, one, of the things, one of my favorite things. Um, and I do try to step outside my comfort zone when I have. I have a bag that says, um, life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. And, and it's so true because that's when you really when you really um, can find new things as opposed to doing the same things over and over. And this pandemic has felt like a lot of sameness, but um, I mean, a six Zoom meetings a day is not my idea of fun, but I, it, it also has to do with connection. So that's important to me. Um, my other step that I, one of the other steps that I love is um, step nine, accepting others as they are, not as we would have them be. And, Again, this is, can be a constant battle. Um, using the steps, traditions, and tools, I recently found myself wanting to fault someone for not accepting others as exactly as they were and resenting the fact that they are something other than what this person thinks they should be. The tools are so valuable. Oh, you know, the one thing I meant to show you, hold on, let me show you. This is uh, my before picture. This was at, this was at the fat farm. So that's a hundred pounds ago. Anyway, I forgot. Sorry. Um, anyway, so the tools I find are really valuable. Step 11, um, spiritual awareness. Um, I once heard an AA speaker um, talk about God as being both transcendent and eminent. And I love that concept because transcendent relates to me. And it's kind of like the God of my church. I mean, nature has always felt... Um, nourishing to me but the idea of the eminence which is kind of like the god within and um and knowing that if i am tuned into that that there is like a god part of me that will um my insides my conscience that would work for me um and i have to shut up sometimes and listen to 
listen to that rather than um, rather than just bullying my way through anything. And then most relevant to what I um, five minutes left. Okay, thanks, Nancy. Um, and that would be um, service, the twelve step. Um, and what it says, one of the things I like is that here we experience the great truth that when we let go of our need to control people and simply allow our higher power to serve others through us, we receive an abundance of joy and strength. And, and that's kind of what I found in OA. I have found that joy and that strength. And um, I hope that those of you who are newer can find what I have found in this program because it's just a beautiful thing. So that's pretty much all I've got to um, say today. Um, if you need something to talk about other than what, what you're dealing with today, I would love to hear about your favorite step. And, um, and actually about, I would also like to hear about um, where you find your higher power because I've been dealing with some sponsees now who are, um, well, one or two or in some friends who are like, I don't know about this higher power thing. I don't think I need it. I didn't, you know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, it, for me, it wasn't any great illumination. It was just kind of like a knowing that I can relax and that I'll be okay as opposed to, but they didn't do this and they didn't do that. And it's all about me and I have to, it's like, honey, please. Anyway, so if you need a topic, fine. But if you don't talk about what you need to. Bye. Thanks. Love you. <laughs>